Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey, 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 everybody. It's good to be back. Glory Days of Gold is back. We're back talking about East Fife on the pitch, in action. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. Gordon Henderson. And I feel I'm shouting into the microphone. That's just how excited I am just now. The season is back. East Fife look like they're going to, to finish the season. First away win in over a year against Clyde on Saturday afternoon. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the build-up to getting back in the pitch. We're going to be looking at the season that's to come, the new additions to the team, possible Colt teams coming into the league. There's a lot to get over. I want to start things off by looking at getting to this stage. Because Lee and me's talked about it in the last couple of shows. We we didn't have a show last week because we, we weren't even sure what was happening. Things seemed to have kind of started late in the day. We've talked a little bit about it. So we'll, we'll get you and Gordon and Doug to, to talk a little bit about this to start with. Getting back on the pitch, it seems to have been a right palaver. And I, I don't know what the delay was in getting everything announced. The government seemed to give the the go-ahead with it. The SFA seemed to be lagging behind. There was votes as to what was going to happen with the season. Is it going to be 18? Is it going to be 27? Is it going to be 22 with a split? Now looks like we've got 18 games. If they can all be played by a certain date, we're going to get an extra four games with the team splitting in half. Playoff, promotion, relegation playoffs, all that kind of stuff happening. But what a mess to get here, Doug. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever had more messages back and forth with people just going, you heard anything? You heard anything? You heard anything? I think um, I think that, yeah, the SFA seemed to say yes, the government said yes. I think it was the clubs that just couldn't really agree. By all accounts, the teams at the bottom were saying sort of no to 18 because it didn't give much leeway for them to sort of get, potentially get out of trouble or drag other people into it. And likewise, the guys at the top were saying, well, we can't do 27, obviously, logistically. And we've now got this little hybrid that, uh, to be honest, as a fan, it's going to be awesome, potentially. Yeah. Um, I think for the players, it is an absolute joke, but that, that's fine. Um, I actually wrote down a little phrase from Football Manager where, where they ask you, you know, it's been three days since your last picture. How do you feel the players respond? And the quote is, it can be tough on the legs, but the momentum they can generate is fantastic. So we'll, we'll go with that. Um, look, it's just great to be back. I, as a selfish East Fife fan, I don't care. 
I'm, I'm loving it. So it's, it's all good. What about you, Gordon? Do you like this potential 22-game season? Um, it became pretty obvious we couldn't play 27. Um, and for me, I started off not really caring whether it was 18 or 22. Um, maybe, you know, 35 doesn't make that much of a difference. We're kind of mid-table, so there's no advantage or disadvantage. But I actually think the what they've gone with, this, you know, try for 22 and if we can't get it, go for 18. I think that's a pretty good compromise. And, you know, bizarrely, you've got 20 Scottish football clubs going into a room and coming out agreeing. Huh. So, oh, let's just go for it. I mean, that'll never happen again. It's never happened before. But, you know, let's just try it. Um, if, and if we can't get to 22, I'm fine with 18. The important thing is that it's back. And... You know, hopefully we'll get a season that we can actually finish. Even if it's 18, hopefully teams can get promoted, teams can get relegated, and nobody will be sitting there complaining that it wasn't fair. I think that's the main thing for me. Yeah. I, th- there's still a danger that we don't get to 18 games for, for some teams because COVID could strike. I guess the weather could strike, whether we get a late snowstorm or whether we get waterlogged pitches or, or whatever. Any postponement is just going to like mess this up massively, Lee. And that danger looms. I think hopefully we're okay with our home games, with the pitch that we've got and all that stuff. COVID's completely out of our hands. I mean, we talked before about 18, 22 games. I know you weren't a fan of the 18-game season. If it was that, have you come round on that? Do you like the 22 more now? I think the 22 is probably a fair compromise. I think what Gordon or Gordon's analysis there is pretty much bang on. It was probably the best any circumstance that we could have hoped for. So, to be honest, I, after that game today, I, I don't think anything could bother me. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling pretty pretty buoyed um, right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy overall. It's rare to have four East Fife fans on a show and we're all happy. I don't think that's going to... I don't think we're going to see that again. You talk about 20 clubs Maybe going just in end room. it there. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll be back next week. <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to be busy for the players. I, I was speaking to one of the, the Whitecaps players yesterday and I was telling him what was going on with, with his Fife and it was like games every two days and he was like, what? So like as a player, he was like, don't fancy that at all. One thing, I, I, I might have missed this. I take it the players have to get tested before every game. I think it's either once or twice a week. I don't know okay. specifically before every game. Um, I think, I mean, just quickly going back to that, I think the one thing that will be good is if if it's tight at the top and you get that little split in the league, that is going to be such an amazing, like, two weeks or whatever it will be, or one week um, for a fan's point of view. But, I mean, I think the fact from next Saturday we're doing Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I mean, even just saying out loud, it's it's mental for part-time footballers. So you, you really have to lean towards Falkirk now in, in terms of being able to just rest the players and get them to recover as opposed to, right, go, go to your work. Um, but I think, like, like everyone's saying, I just don't think we care at the moment. It's just great, great to be watching football again. I have lost interest in Scottish football in the last few weeks since January because obviously I don't really care but it's just 
it's really nice to have it back. I, that was a proper Saturday afternoon again for, for a weekend. Yeah, that I haven't watched sports scene probably this year, and it's like I was I was downloading it and and watching it at the at the weekends after it was shown. But like the premiere was all done and dusted. I'll I'll watch it towards the end of the season because it looks like it's going to be good relegation wise. Haven't seen any championship games, so having this back is good. I mean, uh, going what, what Doug says there, like the likes of Falkirk, Park Thistle, Cove, with a kind of hybrid, full-time, part-time, they've got to be the, the clubs that are going to probably come out of this best. But, I mean, we, we've made additions. We've made four loan sign-ins. Quickly go through them here. 17-year-old left-back, Miller Fenton from Dunfermline. 18-year-old midfielder, Cove McKinnon from Rangers. He's been capped five times for Scotland at under-16 level. By all accounts, a, a great prospect. Sean Brown, 23-year-old forward from East Stirling. Remember them? And some some guy, Nathan Austin, from a club called Kelty. He, he could be a prospect. We don't know with these lower league guys. But, I mean, we've made these additions. So, looking at these fixtures coming up, this squad, all these guys are going to see some action. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of clubs have done that as well, just basically try and get in as many players as they can. And it makes sense. I think even, obviously, we know we know about Fash, we know he's a great player. The other three don't really know, but it's good that they're in. Um, I'm sure they'll see, I'm sure they'll get used, I'm sure they'll get some playing time. And a lot of it is mental, it is, it is absolutely mental and it's going to be entertaining. You would imagine that full-time teams, it is a bit of an advantage to them, but I think so much of it is going to come down to luck. Yeah. Um, If if we can go relatively injury-free and everyone's fit, that'll be massive. If some clubs, you know, if we're going for playoffs with Montrose and Airdrie and they get a few injuries, that could absolutely fuck them. Yeah. Um, you know, some, somebody's going to end up really unlucky and picking up two or three injuries and it'll do them in. Um, so it just, you know, there's an element of randomness that makes it really entertaining, I think. Well, card counts as well and discipline and suspensions. Like, these games are going to be coming thick and fast. Players are going to be tired. There's going to maybe be a trailing leg that gets you a booking. Who who got the late booking in the in the match today? Edge of the box. I think it was Slattery, wasn't it? But, I mean, that's this thing as well. Like, you pick up a few cards, all of a sudden you're sitting a suspension. One missed time tackle, you're out for a, a game as well. But, I mean, Lee, these guys that's coming in, a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old, so they're untested at our level, trying to get some chemistry going. At least the games are coming thick and fast to get that rhythm, get that chemistry. On the one hand, on the other hand, though, if you're having to chop and change the starting lineup. You're not maybe going to get the same kind of rhythm because th- this is the time of the season normally when it's normally running down that managers just want to kind of run a set starting eleven into the ground. You want that stability. Dan Young can't do that. No, um, 
I've always believed that you know, if you're old enough, you're good enough. I, I don't think that age really matters. It's all about your ability. If you think of, um, in times gone past, I think it was Stephen Fortune was like 16 and was one of the best players on our team when he was in it. So um, Doug's shaking his head a little bit there, but I, I thought he was excellent when he was at us. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, the the boy from Rangers, um, I've spoken to a few Rangers fans and apparently like Liverpool and stuff that I've, I've been looking at him. So, I mean, the boy's obviously talented. And if you look, if you want to go and make a name for yourself, you you just have to look at Jack Hamilton and, and the other players that we've had on loan. So definitely not, not worried too much about them. The left back position, obviously one that I've spoken about so so many times. So I'm looking to see what what Miller Fenton's going to do. Um, in terms of the yellow card, that was Craig Watson that, that picked that up. That's right. just keeping my head. Um, but yeah, and then obviously the. The, the sort of fairy tale came true uh, getting Nathan Austin back for a couple of weeks and you know he came in today and, and showed exactly why we brought him back the composure he scored for his goal was was excellent it was like he'd never been away um, and I know that obviously the, the group chat has been beasted in the last few weeks in, in terms of the chat about whether he was going to bring it back or not so yeah I think that as a whole, you're just looking to see the squad bolstered. I think that we've done that, granted, um, Fash provisional only for a few weeks. But, I mean, the goals today came from, obviously, another striker in Ryan Wallace, um, and then, obviously, Danny Denham with a looping header. Um, mm. And I've already had um, a quip back from, from Danny on Twitter after my pig's flying gift that I put up. <laughs> uh, so, I, I believe he called us cheeky bastards but you want to know what it's, it's all in good fun but it was well a, Stephen Mill was talking about the rarity of a headed Danny Denham goal in the commentary because I obviously get the overseas commentary with, with Stephen so you're not alone in thinking like pigs flying yeah to be fair in, in this season he has had a few close calls with headers and I think it's been coming. Fair play to him. His Zumba's obviously working for him. Um, I don't know if any he's already his, his latest uh, interview that he, he tried to do some Zumba to keep fit. So you keep shaking your arse, Danny, and if that's going to help me score my, uh, my head there every now and then, then so be it. But look, an absolute resolute performance today. And it was good to see some of the subs get on. I was I was still, after we went 3-0 up, screaming, get Swanson on, because I, I just want to see him getting some some game time as well. But I just want our sponsorship money out there. Yeah, we've got 22, 22 players in our squad now. Um, it'll be 21 if, if Nathan Austin goes back. And look, we, we just need to hope that all of them will come in and, and do a turn when needed. Let, let's just finish talking about the new players. We're talking a little bit about Fash. So he's here to the end of March, at least, because we still don't know what's happening with the lower leagues, which in itself is farcical. Because I guess it's tied into possibly what happens with this muted cult teams are, are, are coming in. I wasn't going to get to that now, but I guess it kind of ties in with that before we get into talking about the game and stuff. So, like, Fash is here to the end of the month. Kelty are hopeful that there might be some kind of playoffs. But then this report that cult teams from Rangers and Celtic might be coming into the lower leagues with the addition of two teams from the Lowland League and two teams from the Highland League. So how do they sort that out? Do they just go with the top two places just now? Do they have a kind of mini kind of playoff in the Highland and Lowland Leagues? So Kelty don't know if they're going to be back playing again. You kind of have to hope they're not, so we can get fast for the, the end of the year. But, I mean, just what's your thoughts on that, Doug and Gordon? 
Um, well, I mean, I've certainly got thoughts on the Colts thing, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. Uh, wise, um, obviously, oh, just amazing to see a young local lad playing for his five again, scoring a goal. It just gives you that bit extra pleasure. I always think when it's a local guy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, when you, I suppose when you look at the sort of bottom regions of the Lowland and Highland leagues, you've got some proper pub units in there that you know for testing and all that. Why on earth would they? spend, you know, whatever, 10 grand a week on testing, you know, it, it, in that respect, it's going to be very hard for them to come back. The Colts thing, I mean, the Rangers and Celtic have been pretty clever with this because it's at such a good time when clubs are vulnerable and they can throw a little bit of cash their way or, you know, and, and suggest that now's the time. So I can see why they've done it. I'm definitely against it. Um, I think your problem is... In Spain and Portugal and countries like that, you've got your top teams have got B teams, which is fine. For me, your top teams like Sporting Lisbon B, for example, will be pretty much all Portuguese players. And Sporting Lisbon's team is made up primarily of Portuguese players. And I can see why that would help like your national team. So in many ways, if, if Celtic and Rangers B, or whatever they're going to be called, were made up if it was if it had to be homegrown players, I wouldn't be as against it to be honest, because then you're starting to build up the potential of international players in the future. But will it be that case? But um, is, is the risk then not that they just sign all the top young talent, so guys that would normally come down to maybe play for an East Five, play for a Falkirk or a Thistle? It's like, well, I'm going to be in the same kind of level anyway. I may as well go and play for Celtic and Rangers and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I generally don't think it will pass. I think clubs will see through it, um, and it will be a few around there that will, you know, the bottom of your breakings, etc., that might go, oh, you know, will a take the money and the security for another yeah. season. It's like, oh, we're not um, relegated again. I know, but I, I think what will happen is the Lowland League won't happen, and we'll get fast for the rest of the season. The Colts thing won't happen. And they'll just have to have another duff season down there again, unfortunately. But which but, is tough for them, Gordon. But I mean, what do you think, first of all, about Fast coming back, it being such short term? Because if he's then on form and we lose him, like if he ends up scoring in the next couple of games, a goal a game, and then all of a sudden you're, you're losing that guy that, that's banging the goals in for you, that's tough on us. And do you think... Lowly league clubs are going to come back. It's hard to keep track of what's happening with it. I've got to say. I mean, if we get them for four weeks or four games or whatever, and that's it, I'd rather have them for those four games. Yeah. Um, if if at that point we know that Keltway aren't going to have another game this season, I imagine he's going to stay for the full season, and that'd be amazing. Um. I would find it tough to imagine that the Lowland League will restart. Um, whether what they'll try and say is, well, you know, we're just going to say that Kelty are champions, so they get a playoff against Brecon. Um, you know, that might be what Kelty have got in mind. Um, you know, that that's a possibility. But I agree on the Colt team thing. I I don't see it passing this season. I don't think we're going to get a 16 team League Two next year with. Two Colt teams and two Highland League teams, and 
stuff like that. And ah, I mean, some of the some of the teams in the Lowland League, you've got like university teams and Vale of Leithen and stuff. They're one step up from top teams. They're not going to be testing. They're not going to be finishing the season. There's so little time to do it. I mean, mm. You've only got like not much more than a month. No way they'll be doing it. I think I think we'll get them for the rest of the season. So I mean, Lee, we've talked about cult teams before on this show, and we're we're both against it. We've been vocal online about it. I thought it had gone away, and then just from nowhere, it just seemed to have come back into play again. It's it's hard to see it passing, but in the back of my mind, it's like clubs are going to think, oh, there's the money. As Doug says, clubs like Brecon are going to be like, well, that's going to save us from, from relegation, possibly for a, a couple of seasons. Because it's like, you think Broader Rangers, one of the Highland teams, who's the other Highland team? How competitive are they going to be? Stuff like that. Just what what's your thoughts on the latest proposal? Do you think it's going to pass? Um, I would, it would genuinely, and I'm not saying this flippantly, it would genuinely be enough to put me off going to the, the, the football if, if that's the nonsense that's going to be brought in. Um, I think that it's just a complete and utter vanity project for the, the old firm or the new, or the Glasgow Derby or whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days. Um, I, I just think it's a complete vanity project and it just, it's just them throwing their weight around, isn't it? Um, I don't think it'll pass. I think Doug and Gordon have both nailed it with their points that, you know, clubs will see through it because it's not just it's not just that that they bring in. It's all the bile and the shite that they yeah. bring with it. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind it so much, but, I mean, it, all you have to do is look at the the so-called fans that they're bringing in when the Colt teams are playing in the Dunnock's Wafer Chocolate Digestive Cheese String Cup or whatever it's called now. Um, you know they're not bringing in hundreds of fans at that point. So what makes it different when it's going to be a league? Do you really think that, there, that there's going to be a an you know an uplift in, in fans when if Rangers are playing on the Saturday that the fans are going to go? Hmm, well, I'll go and watch Rangers versus Hibs. Now nah, I'll, I'll go and watch Rangers versus Edinburgh City. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and I know that they're saying that they're going to buy up a minimum amount of tickets and yada, 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 but it's just, nah, not for me. We we had a little bit of a, a Twitter discussion with Robbie Weir, who's a, a Wraith Rovers fan about this. And like he was yeah. talking about, everyone's talking about, but they're going to bring good crowds. But it's like, what's your definition of a good crowd? Because for me, it's more than just numerical. Because you've got to think a lot of the guys that might come and watch these Rangers and Celtic teams are the kind of guys that probably don't go to Parkhead and Ibrox, but they're the possible worst end of the old firm support. Because you're going to have like some local guys that's like, oh, I'm Rangers through and through, and they bring all the bad stuff that they've tried to eradicate as best as they can in the old firm at Premier level. But then there's going to be these folk that still got all these things hanging over and they're going to bring it to the lower league because they're going to think, oh, we can sit and chant and do whatever we want and sing whatever we want. No one's going to care because it's lower league football. We saw what a vile atmosphere it was when Rangers came, when they, they were in League One with us that year. And there were so many fans I know that said after that first game, I don't care. 
I'm not going back for that second game. I don't want to be part of that atmosphere. Now, I may be just tarring everyone with with the one stick. I know, and there are some decent old firm fans out there that that shun all that side of it. But you're gonna, you're, that's not the ones that you're gonna be attracting with, with proposals like this. I think for me, right, we're non we're non old firm fans. Non old firm fans hate the old firm. That's the bottom line. So I'm kind of want to take those sort of tinted specs off and say, what is the benefit or what are the genuine benefits of this happening? Because I, I, I've not massively looked into it, but there must be there must be something that apart from financial that would sway the you know it, for the development of Scottish football. Is there yeah. any benefit? I I, I that, that's what I don't see, and it's like. I can't remember who it was that said it, but I read like various folk in the record this week were commenting on it, and someone said, it's not up to Scottish football to develop Celtic and Rangers players. And that's ultimately what we're doing. It's like every other club in the league is now developing Celtic and Rangers players, and they can say it's for the good of Scottish football, but if these guys are playing League One, League Two just now, they're a number of years away from the Scottish national team. And there's still not a guarantee they're going to make a breakthrough to to the first teams of Celtic and Rangers or any big team that's going to get them in the Scottish League set up. So I, I, I don't see that benefit, Gordon, at all. Do you? No, it's it's complete shite, to be honest. I was listening to Sports Sound with John Collins and Craig Levine. I mean, you know, listening to those guys talk about football is just bad enough at the best of times. Two of the biggest tadgers in Scottish football. You know, know, we want an expert opinion on football. Let's talk to Craig Levine. Fucking hell. But they were talking about, you know, all these countries, Spain do it, Portugal do it, Croatia do it. There was was a thread on Pine Bovril. I've no idea who it was, but this guy is obviously putting a lot of time to go and look through this. Look at the Croatian national team. Almost none of them have ever played for a cult team. You know, you add up the number of games mm. and the number of minutes that these guys, that whole squad, has ever played for a Coke team, it's almost nothing. He did a full sort of analysis of Spain and all their players. And, you know, a Spanish international is no more likely to come from a Coke team than like any other. You know, like working up for a lower league team or playing for a big team but not playing for the Coke team. There, there's no evidence that Coke teams produce better players or um, improve national teams. You can't just go, oh, Spain have them and Spain are good. Uh, but, you know, you could equally just name countries that don't have coat teams and are good. Brazil don't have coat teams. There we go. Um, you know, the arguments for it are just awful and they're just masking that it's just completely to the benefit of the old firm. That they can hoover up all the best players, they can go and stick them in Coke teams on you know, on the off chance that one of the two of them gets good enough to play for their team. Don't have to play any Scottish players in their in their real teams, and they can just increase their stranglehold. And they don't care what effect that has on the lower leagues. That's what it is. There's no, you know, there's no way it's not just that. In a nutshell, it's a vanity project. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, and and I don't think and. You know, coming from me, but I, I don't think that you were going to get a better description for it because it's all it is. 
and I'll, I actually, I, if you find that um, article, Gordon, I'd be really interested if you could send it yeah, over. Yeah, I'd love to see but, that. Uh, that sounds well, fascinating. Absolutely, yeah. Do England have cold teams? No. Look at, look at some of the... the if you have a look at the Champions League just now, you know, most of the um, Spanish teams and Italian teams and all these sort of nations that are out, English teams are, are pretty prominent in both that and the Europa League. No cult teams there. It's nothing to do with the cult teams. If your players are good enough, they'll come up through grassroots football and there'll be natural attrition from from moving up through the ranks, you know, from under 16s, 17s, 18s. And if you're good enough at 18, you'll be in the mix with the first team anyway. Never mind playing against Stenhouse Muir or whatever. You know, it's, it's, oh, nah, didn't get me started on this, man. It's, it's just a total bugbear of mine, and I just wanted to go away for good. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I get the benefit of wanting your young players to play against men, you know, inverted commas, in these leagues, because, it, of course, it's good for them. But put them out on loan like you've been doing every other time. I mean, think of the guff that Rangers and Celtic send out on loan. Hopefully, uh, Cole McKinnon isn't one of them. You know, th- these guys are miles away from first team. Like, genuinely. Because they send guys out. That Jamie Barjonas, or whatever the hell he's called, maybe I'm overpronouncing his Glasgow name, uh, Barjonas. Um, I mean, he's, I don't know, 22, 23 or whatever. He's been kicking about in these lower leagues for years. He, they just keep hold of these players and eventually release them at 25. It, it's, a, it's a total waste of time. My thing would be, do we know, like, what the vote requires? Is it a... 80%, is it? I did read it and I can't remember, but it was quite a high percentage. Because I can't, why would, I can't see any League One club saying yes. I just don't see what it benefits them at all. The, the worry is League Two clubs is not, it, it's not really clubs saving themselves like this season. I guess if you're an Albion Rovers or, you know, Brecon or whatever, then with a 16-team league, you've obviously got less chance of getting relegated than a 10-team league. So that would be the only thing. But I, I, in my head, I can see five or six clubs going, yeah, we're up for this, and the rest just going, nah, we're going to couple of questions. Sure about that, got... then, we reconstruct the league. Just reconstruct oh, the yeah. league. I've been saying for, for years. If you all like the idea of a 16-team league, but you don't like the Colts, why not introduce another proposal that puts a 16-team league but no Colts? Whichever one would vote for. That, that would seem too sensible for Scottish football. Yeah. So It must be the lure of the, the, the cash coming through. It must be. Oh, it, ha- it has to be. There's, there's so many clubs just now that's going to be like on the brink. Season, this season, the, the clubs have made, you know, they've made money. I mean, you think of your League 2 and us, you know, obviously we're testing it, it'll be different, but You've had a decent influx of cash. I, I just, I don't think you need any more. It comes to eight grand a year for five years per club. Is that all? That's what I heard it was because it's only for five years. It's not, it's not mm. forever, and it is a lot of money. But once you spread that out amongst, what would it be? Not just twenty, it would be twenty-four clubs. Once you have more coming in, it's actually apparently it's not very much. Interesting. Um, I mean, it's like if, if you're going to bribe people, at least make it a decent bribe. I mean, I, I don't want to hammer this into the ground because I've still got the game to talk about. But last couple of things on this, because I know they can't get promoted above League One. So what happens if Celtic Rangers finish first and second in League One? 
do they promote the third and fourth teams or is there no promotion that season? I mean, that that's a farce in itself. And then you've got the, the, the fact that Celtic and Rangers could at some point move to England. It's always talked about. I don't know that's ever going to happen. Is this I'm fucking driving there myself? <laughs> but is this their way to keep teams in the Scottish League set up and be in England and then have the best of both worlds? Are they thinking ahead? I don't. I don't think so, and and I don't think that the Rangers and Celtic joining the league thing will ever happen. It's fantasy. Um, I, I I would actually I'd actually be shocked if that happened in the next ten years. Genuinely, would be shocked. I, I think that all it is is it's just a way to improve their footprint in the foot in in football. They could then not only that they'll get constant scouting and get at the lower league. So if there's any players coming up through the ranks, they could just pick them, buy them, put them in their Colt team. Um, so yeah, that's that's all it is. I, I I don't think that there's any other sort of idea behind it. I'm sure we'll talk about this in the weeks to come. I think this could be a subject that actually dominates at the end of the season and it's because the papers are going to push for it and then it's going to be interesting to see how it's reported media-wise. So we'll take a little quick break from the football chat just now to bring you our Artist of the Month. Tell us who it's going to be, Lee. In spirit of Che Adams, um, we're going to go for someone that's not actually Scottish, but comes from Scottish heritage. So we're going to go for a band from London called Bears Den. Um, and Bears Den obviously being a place in Glasgow where his parents hail from. Um, they're an absolutely outstanding band. When I mentioned to Doug that that's who our artist of the week was going to be, he was like, excellent choice. They've got a plethora of great songs. Their, their first um, major a- album, Islands, is probably one of my favourite albums of all time. So I'm going to pick a song from that. It's called Above the Clouds of Pompeii. Um, probably a little bit more of a sombre song than you'll be used to hearing on our podcast. Um, we normally try to pick something a little bit happier, but it's a song about you not heard my songs. when he was younger, but it's... Um, I normally skip past them to be honest but I hope that people won't on this one uh, normally the messages that we get are we listen to you but we fast forward mics um, so this song is called Above the Clouds of Pompeii and please do let us know what you think of it because I absolutely love it We built our home out on the slopes Pompeii beneath she lay above how she haunted our home how she haunted our home and you were a god in my eyes above the clouds above the skies you were a god in my eyes you were a god you took me walking through the town showed me the statues underground Said just don't they look at peace Sometimes I wish that was me And I was the son you always had Tugging at your coat while you were sad I was the son you always had Yeah, I was the son you always had you 
could stay in the car and wait There's just some things I have to say Don't you know I miss her too I miss her just as much as you So my father and my son As you end what she's begun You'll lie patient by her side With roses red come lily white Slipping from your hand I was too young to understand Yeah, I was too young to understand and I was too young to understand The flowers sleeping in her hand I was too young to understand yeah, I was too young to understand Down there above the clouds of Pompeii, I've been getting nods and seals of approval from from Doug there. So definitely one that if you've not heard that you'll absolutely love. Um, and we've got a few more of our excellent tunes to to bring you to in the the weeks to come. Yeah, I think we'll probably keep them going into April. So we'll have the end of March and April of having Bears Den as our Arts of the Month. If you have any recommendations, Scottish bands preferably anything with a Scottish connection will do as well. Maybe even delve into. A little bit of European-based music. We'll maybe talk about that later in the show. But let's get back to the football chat now. There was a game to talk about this afternoon. First away win of the season. First away win over the year. 3-1 against Clyde. We're going to delve into the, the main talking points from it. But before we get into any of that, just quickly go around everyone, starting with Doug. Just your overall thoughts off the, the performance, the win... And of having our Saturday afternoons back. I have genuinely never been so confident going to a football game for so long, <laughs> which is mental. There was nothing to base it on. You know, I just, all week I've been saying, like, I, I, I put a tenner on us to win because we were better than two to one, which I was, thought was mental. I just, as soon as we won 5 1 against St. Smear midweek and it, we looked quite classy, even just going by the goals, I, I just thought we'd win comfortably. And it, I mean, they were guff mm. with a capital G, but we were. That was a total stroll, like a total stroll. I mean, it could have been. The only annoying thing, I guess, is that little bit at the end where we just suddenly had this momentary lapse of concentration, and and they got a goal. But you know, brilliant. Couldn't genuinely almost couldn't have been better as a comeback game. 
in, in terms of having Saturday afternoons back, I am delighted. My girlfriend, much less so. <laughs> you know, stuff, stuff hard. Who cares? All of us. No trips to the garden centres for a little while. <laughs> Can do that on Sunday. That's good. What about you, Gordon? Nice to have your Saturday afternoon back. What did you make of what you saw? Um, it's been amazing to have the football back. Like I've missed it more than I kind of thought I would. I think, you know, people talk about summer football, and one of the one of the arguments against that is like, how shit is winter going to be without football? <laughs> Pretty fucking shit. Um, mm. So I've just been really just I've like, I just struggling to wipe the smile off my face at times today. It's just been so good. And then, you know, for us just to get a really easy win, score a few goals, has just been brilliant. We were really good today. I thought we were, yeah, Clyde were rubbish. Um, they defended quite well in the first half, but we were just a, a bit of a class above them. And it was just a nice, simple ease back into the season, really. Just picked up where we left off. Really. I think that is it, Lee. It's like, Apart from Forfer, it might have been the, the easiest game we could have just got back into. Certainly eases us in gently, which is good because we'll come to the fixtures coming up in a little bit because they're horrendous and there's some tough ones in there. But at the same time, that was good. Finding our feet, getting some rhythm, getting some chemistry. It almost felt like a pre-season friendly with the pace of it. A little bit rusty at times to, to kick things off, understandable, some passes going astray. But once we found our groove, aside from like injury time, overall that, that was fairly good. And you're delighted, I assume, as well, to have your Saturday afternoons back. Oh, yes. Um, delighted to, to, to obviously be able to just sit down, watch these five. It's, you know, definitely the highlight of your week normally when it happens, but... I thought today, and I, I might be a little bit controversial here, I didn't actually think we were great. Um, I thought that we were we were okay to good, but Clyde were absolutely awful. Mm. Um, I think that the second and third goals, you really have to look at the, the defender and the goalkeeper potentially. Um, and, you know, I, I, there wasn't much in the game other than that. Um, I think Fash was... You know, good to see him back today. Um, scored a good goal, took it well, and made a new system himself. Otherwise, but I thought that the best part of our, our game as a whole today was at the back, and your three to one could easily, you know, in any order, could easily have been Murdoch, Higgins, and Watson, um, because I, I think that particularly until the very end, we just nullified anything that they could, you know, possibly do. You know. Goodwill hasn't been restrained that much since he was in the back of a police car. So I think that really um, it was a, a good game on the whole, but I, I think that we'll definitely start to see us kicking on. I, I hope Sorry so. Sorry for the Goodwill joke. Oh, it's fine. I was going to do my own one later on as well, but I think that I can't beat that one. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm sure it's Rachel that's given you all the Goodwillie indications he's just a big fan that was that was my joke from later so it's not it's not as good probably <laughs> cut that one out oh <laughs> <laughs> i'll now leave that in um <laughs> caitlin i'll say this the yeah i mean it wasn't it wasn't a great performance they did what they needed to do and they beat what was in front of them hopefully there's some other levels to, to go up 
the starting lineup. It kind of surprised me a little bit, especially when I saw it on Twitter and there was only 10 players on it. I was like, well, that's super confident. <laughs> I, I think we might still have got by with the 10 players. Danny Denham was the mystery guy that wasn't in the, the Twitter lineup. And yeah, at, at times in the first half, it was hard to, to see if he was playing or not. But overall, it, it was good. Digging into the, the goal, well, actually, like, like, Looking at the lineup, were you surprised it was pretty much what it had been before the break, apart from Fash? I thought we might have seen one of their loan signings get a, a start. I did think possibly Fenton in at left back for Slattery. I know it feels like we're always kind of like ragging on, on, on Slattery in this, but I just thought if you're bringing these loan signings in, have the clubs not said, well, we want them to be getting playing time? Or was this a case of, this is definitely a beatable team. We want to get a strong team that we know on the pitch, get the three points in the bag, then we can kind of rotate in and out a little bit. I think we'll we'll, we'll rotate when they're tired, basically. I mean, you know, we will definitely have to rotate with the, the schedule. But I think the bottom line is, there's been a long time off, you've got, this Saturday, then you've got another week of rest or training. Then, and yeah, I expect I would be very surprised if there's much in the way changes next Saturday, it'll and possibly even the Tuesday, but it'll be the Thursday, maybe, or you know, you'll start seeing two or three here or there. Um, no, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised at, at the lineup, to be totally honest. I also think Miller Fenton might be one of the greatest footballer names of all time. Um, I think the downside is he looks maybe 11. So I don't know whether that, that's part of it, but uh, yeah, just all I can get do... in my head is that Fenton! Oh, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll have to like when he makes his debut, I'll be digging that. Oh all the yeah, way. yeah. I, I, that's, that's probably the greatest video of all time. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't surprised. I think it's it's kind of what I expected. I thought it would be as pretty much strong as we could, and I would say that almost was yeah. I remember Billy Connolly always said, never trust a man with two first names. Can the same be said of a man yeah. with two second names? I don't know. But yeah, I, I agree with Doug, Gordon. It's like, I don't think we'll see much changes next week. I think this is the, the team, because you have got that week break. And then after that, it's maybe going to be a case of maybe rotating two or three guys at a time to kind of keep a little bit of consistency in there. Because we, we need to have a little bit of that. Yeah, I think I wasn't surprised that um, it was largely, you know, the team that was starting uh, when we where we left off plus bash. I think I agree with Doug. Like when you're starting to get to two or three games a week consistently, Dan and Tony are probably going to have to sit down and say, like, who can play? You know, can anybody play three? Who can play two? And then you know you'll have to start planning once you get to that. But you know they've had a long. Uh, you know, they've had a long period without any games. They were probably quite fresh today. Um, they've got a week until the next game. I think, yeah, you just you know you just you just pick the first your first eleven. You go with that, and then from now on, they're probably going to have to start putting some serious thought into rotation and using subs to you know not just to try and change the game, but to try and give people a bit of rest. It's a lot to think about, but um, yeah, I imagine they'll start doing it for next week. Yeah. I actually think I actually think as fans as well, I, 
I think we'll need to be very patient with these new signings because I, I'm not convinced these guys are going to be as good as what we've got necessarily. I think it's a case of we needed bodies, whether it was, you know, we just needed footballers, basically. Well, so yeah, I mean, might... it, it's two young guys, it's two teenagers and yeah. a guy that's been playing in the Lowland League. So they're not world beaters. Yeah, but you might get like big Cian Brown up there that, that might not be what we, you know, he, he might just be a decent player. So I, I think maybe we, we just got to sort of temper our hopes a little bit and realise that it, it's about bodies. And I think that the whole saying that Tony uh, McMinn said about we'll only bring in players if they're good enough to play and this in this occasion might not be a hundred percent that you know I think I think we'll just yeah we're going to, need to be patient we talked about it before and we'll we will definitely lose games possibly comfortably in this run of games coming up because there's going to be games where players are just exhausted so we'll just have to take what, what we what we can get but um, yeah very promising yeah let, let's get to the goals now and. We've got to start with Lee, one of his favourite players. I mean, Lee must just be spent today. A goals from Fash, goals from Ryan Wallace, a looper from Danny Denham. Oh, yeah, you must be exhausted, Lee. I'll be honest with you, I actually thought I was maybe developing carpal tunnel after this afternoon. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think that, yeah, I was buzzing, to be honest. The, the, the first goal when it went in, it was a bit disappointing because the sound on the stream was ahead of the actual stream itself oh. so you knew it was in before oh. he'd even taken his touch so a little bit disappointing in that sense but look great ball through from Aggie and showed flashes of his usual self today I wasn't sure if he'd had uh, if he'd dyed his hair or if he just had a really good idea for 90 minutes but it, yeah that was a, that was our strange <laughs> look <laughs> I think we, we can't talk. It's We're like friends. there's not a lot of hair in this episode. Let's be honest. So we're not really the yeah. hair experts. Definitely not. But yeah, um, good touch, great little flick through, um, and fast. Just you know, looked like he'd never been away for that level of composure when you've not played for so long. You know that that can only get better. And you know we were worried about losing, obviously Jack Hamilton. And three goals today. Tony did say that the, the other guys would have to start chipping in, and today's hopefully the catalyst of that change. Jack, who? Ah, oh, I don't know if you remember him. Big lumpy lad, looked like a bit of skinny Lewis Capaldi. No, that that seems so long ago now. I can't I can't remember that far back. But it was a great great finish by Fast Doug, and it showed what it meant to him. I think as well, there was a lot of emotion from him after that goal. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's, he talked about, you know, in the pod about, you know, wanting to come back to his fight at some point. You know, I know how much it means to him. And like I said at the start, there's just something about a local guy scoring a goal for your club is just the most beautiful thing. I mean, it, it, you know, I'd much rather see fast score than a Wallace. Or There's just something about a local guy scoring goals. And it obviously means... You know that maybe a little bit extra to him. It definitely does the fans. It's it's. Um, I mean, if you, if your team could be made up of eleven local guys, you would you would love it. You know, I mean, that's that's just what it's all about at this level. But no, I thought it was a brilliant little flick from Agnew to sit to get him in, and yeah, but I think finished with his right foot as well, which was good to see. He he, I mean, Fash when he left us was still very raw. He's had those years in full-time training. He's a sort of bigger unit than he was then. He can mm. he can handle himself a bit more. 
he he will be a better player than when he left us. Obviously, the hope is that it's not just for such a short time. But no, very good. And yeah, three goals, just great. Life is good. It certainly is, Gordon. And I think Fash, he looked like he was going to be a handful right from the start. He he was up for it. Obviously, buzzing coming back, but he had a lot of energy. And I remember thinking to myself during the, the first half, even when Hamilton was there, there was times that he kind of disappeared a little bit from games, which you expect from a young lad. Fash was all over. The, he was buzzing around and he was a handful and a half. Yeah, I mean, even even when there was maybe bits of the games where, you know, things weren't coming off, he still looks, he's, always, he's just a dangerous player. I mean, he'd be one of the players that you, you hate to play against. You, I mean, as a fan, you'd hate to watch him playing against you. As a player, you must hate to play against him. Um, you know, he always tries to turn defenders inside out. Um, and aye, he's always he's always moving about. He's always kind of sniffing about for a ball over the top. Um, and you know, for a while, I thought I thought they handled you know, the defenders handled them as well as you might expect them to. But you know, you kind of see it's just a bit of a matter of time. You know, he gets that one chance, he scores it. It was a, it was a it was a great finish. You know, it was. Um, it was one of these ones that looked like he had so much time. Um, probably, probably didn't really. Um, he just took it so well and so kind of confidently. Yeah, I'd like to see it again. Was the replays on the on the Clyde stream okay? Yeah, because the East Five TV couldn't have replays either because there was battery issues and some internet issues as well. But they hope to have replays for the the home game next week. But yeah, as Gordon said there, Lee, great finish. All three goals were very well taken. It was 1-0 at half-time. I, I wasn't worried because I thought, as like Doug said, like Guff with a capital G, I'd say Gash with a capital G, however you want to say it. It's like, it didn't look like Clyde were going to get back into it. But in the back of your mind, you've always got that that worry of one goal and it's a whole, whole different ball game. But Danny Denham, the... The looping header that he had, it was beautifully taken. And sometimes we give him stick on the show and we were joking about him not scoring many headers and stuff. But he's got that in his locker, obviously. Hopefully we see it a little bit more. But he took that very well. He scored a, a couple of good goals over this season, Danny Denham. Yeah. It, but you always it's, remember it's the, like, the missed passes. Player, yeah. yeah, it's so frustrating because... You'll see him and he'll, he'll turn someone or he'll he'll play a great pass or he'll score a good goal. And then he, the next thing that he does, you'll just be like, Danny! But I suppose at that point, if he was doing the right thing all the time, he wouldn't be playing for us. But yeah, I thought his header today was excellent. To, to, to get it in from how far back he got it as well was, I don't know if it was testament to his finish or absolutely a boring goalkeeping because... If, if, if we concede that goal, I'm screaming at Darren Young or at Tony to be like, get him hooked, whether it had been hard or long for the next game, because that's two goals, both his and Wallace's, with no disrespect to either goal because they're both taken well. I'm looking at my keeper there. Yeah, I, I think that, that is a fair shout. I mean, as well as we say they were well-taken goals, there there certainly was, was elements that the, the keeper should have done more, maybe the defender... Could maybe have challenged and, and tried to get a header in or, or put him off or whatever. 
But I mean, it, it was. It looked really frail from all set plays today. I don't know if, yeah. that, if, if you guys noticed that. And any time that was a cross or a corner or a free kick, you know, Ryan Wallace, I've written it down here, he, he took a free kick from probably 50, 60 yards out from the right hand side of the pitch and whipped it in. And the keeper didn't come for it. No defenders went for it. And if we'd had somebody just well, run at the back post, that could have been the, the first goal of the game. And if I'm again, if I'm Dan or Tony, that's probably what they've said at half time. Like, right, let's get as much set pieces or balls into the box because they can't deal with them, and that proved to be the story of the game. Yeah, I mean, just your thoughts on on Denham's goal and just as his performance today, Doug. Yeah, I think Lee summed up pretty well, which is I was a surprise to us all. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was one of those headers. You're kind of watching it. That that was actually the point I muted my TV because it, it was annoying me the commentary because you're kind of watching it. Oh, it's in! You're watching it going, nah, there's no way this can go in. And then obviously it loops in. Um, I thought Wallace's header was good. I actually thought it was more pure defending than bad goalkeeping. But look, Danny was productive, and then he has his wee moments where you're just like, you know, that was so simple yet wash. Um, but again, that's that's Danny Denham, like it is every other player in our team, really. Um, I, I think one thing I just want to make sure I say before I forget is, for a first game back, without the ball, we were unreal today. The pressing, I thought, was like unbelievable. And they just did not have a second on the ball. And the, the fitness difference, I thought, between us and them looked like absolutely monumental. It did. It, it looked like a full-time team against a part-time team that had been training for weeks. That's what Zumba is. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it obviously shows like the the regime that they've got and that they're working hard. And I mean, it did it, it did look like a great all-round performance. Gordon, let's bring you in for the third goal, Ryan Wallace. Another great finish, well taken, and the the cross in from what was just pinpoint. It could not have been better placed on his head. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a great header for Wallace because it looked. It's, it's, sometimes it's difficult these things without seeing the replays, but it looked quite simple, it looked quite easy. Um, but obviously, the, the cross was fantastic. He still needed to put it. Um, I think he needed to put it right in the corner, or the keeper was getting there. Um, but again, with, the, with the, the commentary, you were always ahead, so you knew it was going in, and then you were just sort of waiting, seeing. I, I, I thought it was funny. I thought the, the Danny Denham one in particular, you know, the Clyde commentator was just like, it's in. And then you're like, who the fuck is this going in? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that as well, because the, the trajectory of it when it left his head. The keeper's got this, and then he just flaps and misses it. You're like, all right, I'll take that, yeah. Um, and... All I could hear was a snowman theme. Like, We're walking in the. Slowly <laughs> looped in. It was definitely one of these sort of slow mo things. With, no! <laughs> Keeper should be dropped for next week, by the way. Definitely. I had just realised I hadn't looked at the league table. Um, before we came on the show. So I was just looking at it. Now Clyde have actually gone to bottom of the table. Yeah. The, on a performance like that, I'm not surprised. They've got two games in hand, but one of them is against us. So interesting stuff. But we'll, we'll come to the league table in a sec. 
just finish up the round of, of the, the goals with the, the disappointing injury time. I'd just gone into to injury time. Good Willie with the finish. It was a scrappy goal. It just looked like mentally they'd maybe just switched off for a few seconds. They, they were punished for it. it. Ultimately, goal difference could come into play. So it's one of those really frustrating things. And I think Darren, Tony, the whole team, and the fans as well, we're all going to be like, that's the only bad bit of the afternoon. And it doesn't take a lot of shine off it, but it was disappointing. Yeah, it was just a bit like a, ah. <laughs> that's probably the only way that you could describe it. You're like, oh. But look, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't give Goodwill a, a, a yard of space. You can't. He's, he is a, a top player. There's loads of jokes you can make here, but I'm going to do my best to refrain. I, I, I know. Um, I was tr- I was nearly came <laughs> out with one, and I was like, nope. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my best to, to not take the bait. Um, but yeah, um, look, he, he managed to sort of jink his way around. I think that by that time, we're probably tired at the back and... You know the the young lad lost lost his man happens, um, but when you're three 0 up and it's your first game back in two months, you you find it hard to care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty fair. I think. I think, uh, I, I think in in tiniest bit of fairness to Clyde, they probably had a pretty good shout for a penalty at one nil. Yeah. Um, which we then went up Stonewaller. after and scored. Uh, so I guess for therapist uh, Goodwillie, it was it was probably fair enough that he got that goal. Um, I, it's all it's always annoying. We, again. We just had this weird like we lost the goal and then there was like bedlam for about a minute and a half. Yeah, St- Stephen Mill on the goal. EFTV commentary was getting a little bit like nervous, yeah. and it's. And he, he he said himself at the end, it's like, I probably got more worked up than I needed to there. <laughs> yeah. I think because it was such a com- fairly complete performance, it, you know, like you saw Brett Long was raging, absolutely raging. Yeah. But, but no, a good one. Yeah. He's, oh, he's yeah. a good, very good striker. And it was a, cl- a really classy finish. Absolutely. I mean, it, it did. There was a, a nervy moment just seconds after it where there was a scramble in the box. And it did cross my mind of, oh crap, if they get a second one here, it's like that just all of a sudden sets up a a, a storm and finish. But it, it was comfortable in the end. I've got to give a shout out as well to birthday boy Kev Smith. 34, 35? Probably 37 or 38, I would imagine. 30, 30, 34, 30. Gordon says, so that's good. 34, yeah. So, happy birthday, Kev. Yeah, happy birthday. He, do, he doesn't listen, but happy birthday, Kev. Of course he listens, everyone listens. It's played in the dressing room before the games to get the guys fired up. Yeah. That's why I play all the punk music. It gets them all all fired up. We've got an interesting sure. song coming up at the end of the show from a Fife band that you might know, Doug, I don't know, because you're, you're, you're big in musical circles. But anyway, we'll come, come back to that. Let's get to the 3-2-1s just now. We'll kick off with Gordon. It's tough this week because... There's a lot of guys that could earn some plaudits. So who who did you go with for the three two one? Yeah, it is very tough. Um, I didn't usually write it down, but I didn't even bother. Um, I think three points. I'll go Stuart Murder. He was just class. Um, he was up against Goodwillie a lot of the time, which 
makes it even harder and he he dealt with them very well. Um, two points. I want to give it to Ryan Wallace. Um, I thought he obviously scored. You know, he was very involved, but I just thought he was he was all over the place. There was a point in the first end of the first half. Um, you know, I thought somebody in the left back position. Oh, great tackle! You know, gets the ball up the park, and it was Ryan Wallace. Um, you know, he made a run from quite a bit inside our own half, and basically it was a point where he. He almost got up to the opposition byline. You know, it was just fantastic. And a point to I'm going to go Ross Davidson. I don't think um, I don't think I've given him any points this year, but I thought he had a really good game. Um, you know, maybe not on the ball so much. He, he tries a few passes that don't come off, but um, no, especially in the first half, I thought he had a really good game, putting a few good tackles. Doug, what about yourself? Oh, extremely difficult. Um... I've gone one point to Fash because he's Fash and he scored a goal for his pipe and that's good. Uh, I've got two points for Liam Watt, who I thought was excellent. Um, just, I think he just does quite a lot of unnoticed work. A wee bit like Davidson in many ways, but he reads the game really well. There was a couple of times where Clyde would sort of break and he would he would just come off the wing to cut off the pass in the middle. And we did a lot of cutting out of passes today in general all around the pitch. But yeah, I thought he was very good. Three, I actually wrote Watson slash Higgins slash Murdoch. Um, and that's no slight on Pat Slattery, he just didn't have anything to do. I'm going to go... Oh, I don't like his political beliefs. I'm going to go Craig Watson. I'll give him a wee uh, I'll give him a wee uh, Hopefully he's still wearing his mask and still believes in the pandemic. Uh, but I'll give, it, I'll, give him, I'll give him three points. Because to me, first half especially, I thought he was very good. He was very good. And they're, you forget they're keeping Ross Dunlop out of the team, who's an excellent centre half. So it's uh, yeah, no, I'll I'll give it to Tory Boy Watson. Now, Lee, we were talking just before we we started recording about how tough this was, and we've both got so many players that that we could pick pick for this. I was wanting to see if Doug or Gordon swayed me with their opinions. I don't think they have. But who have you gone with? We are three, two, one. This is how many times I've changed mine, right? <laughs> I've honestly changed mine so many times. I, I, I don't think any player for us today had anything less than a 7 out of 10. That's my, my honest opinion. I think everybody had a, a, a probably a 7 out of 10. Um, I've gone one point fash. Um, I thought he made a, a real nuisance of himself. Great to see him get his goal. Composure was excellent. Um I think this might be my first 3-1 without Ryan Wallace. And Ryan, I'm sorry. Um, and I know that our, our listeners will be absolutely shocked to hear this. But, um, Honeymoon's over. I know. Fash is back. Met a new man. Um, <laughs> my two points, I've gone for Danny Denham. Um, I thought that Danny worked his balls off today. <laughs> um, he really, really did. Um, he was unlucky with a few things that he tried. I thought he took his header well. Um, and do you want know to what? I, I love a try hard there. Like I, I do love to see people putting in the graft, and I, and I thought that he really did today. Um, and three points I've won Stuart Murdoch. And I, you want to know what? I'm actually going to make a public apology to him because I slated him last year at the games that I seen him last year. I thought he was brutal. 
every game I've seen him this year, he's been. He's, I know, I know. I, I was only at a few games last year, and against Falkirk, I thought he was outstanding. I know, I know, I know. But um, I, I, I think that this year I've seen more of him, and I think he's he's an absolute Rolls Royce. Um, it totally and utterly nullified Goodwillie. Um, I thought he, he he didn't get a sniff, you know. And not only that, he just he just sort of got a gravitas around him that when he's got the ball, that you're you're comfortable that it, there's going to be something done with it. Um, you know, it's it's not just going to be a long hoof up to no one. You know, he will try and keep it on the deck. So yeah, Stuart Murdoch, and by the way, could be a potential for Player of the Year for me. Particularly now with with Hamilton away, I think that Murdoch's bound to be up there for Player of the Year. I, that's yeah. I think that's a that's a good shout. I I, I went with Murdoch as well, and when I had initially thought about it, and then I was like, you're you're giving a defender three points when you've had a three goal performance and they haven't had a lot to do, but he he just looked so composed today. So I went three for him, two for Fast, just because he was busy, got the first goal, which was crucial to to get that going in, and then I went for Denham with one, but it could easily have been what for me as well. It was just, I I think. All round, it was a great team performance. It's what we need. It's what we have to keep producing because th- this is going to be tight now. Like It's going to be an incredible league. It's going to be so exciting to watch. Looking at the results today, some it's been a good weekend, I think, for East Fife. Falkirk came away with a 2-0 win over Montrose, but they needed a last-minute goal to, to secure it, and that was at home as well. Now, the big game... Partick and Cove, 1-1. Cardo scores in the 70th minute for Partick, but then Mitch Megason ties it up with eight minutes to go, so Cove's still staying in there. Partick's still outside the, the top four, which is a, a little bit of a surprise. Peterhead pulled off a 1-0 win against Airdrie with a 66th minute goal. And then maybe the surprise result of the, the weekend, Forfer seemed really fired up for, for this. It was an own goal that they got, but they, they saw off Dumbarton 1-0 at Dumbarton. Now, what those results mean for the table is very little change positioning in the East Fife are still sixth. But it's, it's sixth because of goal difference, and that's why I was saying that goal difference could be so key. Out of the top six... We've got the worst goal difference, which is plus one. But we have got these two games in hand. Now, Clyde have now gone bottom. They're 10th. Nine points. Two games in hand on Forfer, who also are on nine points, but have the better goal difference. Dumbarton now third bottom on 11. And I think it's like Perm two from those three for their relegation and their relegation playoff. It's risky to say that, I know. But I think those three is the ones that's going to be battling it out. Then you've got the interesting scenario. Fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh all on 16 points. East five sixth in that because of our goal difference. Airdrie are fourth. They've got plus five. Partick are fifth and plus three. Us and plus one. Peterhead and minus two. We've got one game in hand on Airdrie and Partick. So when our game in hand, which is Forfer, if you want to look at it that way, um, and then that, or Clyde, and then that puts us three points above them, it would then also put us above Montrose, who are third, 18 points from 12 games. Cove are second, 20 points from 12. We win our two games in hand. We go above both those teams. And all of a sudden, we're two points behind Falkirk, 
pushing for for the championship. Absolutely incredible. Likewise, though, a string of bad results and we could just be out of it in no time. It's going to happen either way. Like we talked about before, I mean, I said in probably the end of December, one of the games that I still fancy us to win the league, and I'm still sticking to that. I generally think we've got a chance to win the league. Um, If nobody has seen it, and I suggest strongly to every listener, you must see the Forfer Dumbarton goal on Twitter. It is, I mean, people talk about pub football. It's one of the most comical own goals you'll ever see. Oh, I'm going to look uh, at this now. I'm not, I'm not even going to spoil it by describing it. It's just an absolute shit show. It's brilliant. Where can we find it? Oh, the, someone had put it on, Pine, I think on Pine Bobble on the match thread. And stuff. I'll put it in the group chat now. Okay, perfect. It's, yeah, and we'll, we'll put it out on Twitter so people see it. It's, it is phenomenal. Um, yeah. I mean, Gordon, th- th- this is tight, and we knew it was going to be tight. Like uh, the next fixtures coming up, we've got Cove next Saturday, then Tuesday the thirtieth, Montrose away, Thursday the first, Clyde at home, Saturday the third, Scottish Cup game against Dunfermline or Morton. Don't forget, we've still got the Scottish Cup. It's a League and Cup double season, I think. I-, I feel it in my bones. Partick then, three days after a cup tie at home to Partick, not. Ideal that one. Then two days later, you're away to Dumbarton. Two days after that, you're away to Forfar. So that's just up to the 10th of April. I didn't want to go beyond that. But very winnable games in that. But, I mean, Clyde, Dumbarton, Forfar, two of those are, are away from home, but we got our first win today. Any team that goes on a run, good or bad, is either going to just fly up this table or just drop like, like a stone. Yeah, I mean, it's it's starting to look a little bit like Dumbarton, Forfa, Clyde will be the bottom three, and then everybody else is going for promotion. You know, with a good run, anybody can do it. Put a few results together, that's it. Um, so it's really, there's a massive incentive. Um, and it is, you, know, you, you start to look at a lot of those games now and you think, you know, ah, we can win that one, we can win that one. Um, on the other hand, you know, it could look quite tough because there's so many games coming up and, uh, you know, games against Partick, Cove, Falkirk, whatever. We know they'll be difficult. But, um, no, I'm quite confident. You know, before we, before we, um, before football went away, we were, we were playing really well. You know, I think it was a, well, the last game was the Trinent game, but I think the second last game was the game where we beat Falkirk. Mm-hmm. And you thought to yourself, yeah, I think we can go compete with them. So, um, no, I'm confident. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there'll be lots of mental stuff happening, and um, you know, it'll be a bit like a lottery. But you know, if we can just keep some consistency over the next month, you know, you never know. Yeah, that's that's what it's all all down to just now, Lee. It's whatever team strings things together, and whoever's got strong squads, and as we talked about. At the start of the show, whoever avoids injuries, whoever avoids suspensions, whoever can keep their best players available and able to maybe play three out of the four games that's coming in a week, all all that kind of stuff. It's going to be draining. It's all going to be down to fitness and stuff as well. But I I agree with the guys. I'm I'm really confident. I'm excited by what this season can bring now. 
Yeah, Gordon's just watched that go. His face. I, so I've just hilarious. watched it as yeah. well. It's like <laughs> I am tweeting that out here. That is going to go down a storm here. That was beautiful. I'm watching it play out, and I'm like, "What the hell is going to happen? The keeper has it in his hands." <laughs> The good thing there's no fans there, because if you're a Dumbarton fan in that ground, you'd be raging. <laughs> They're just a club that I just didn't like. So anything like that that happens to them, you're like, good. A bit like Clyde and Airdrie and all those other sort of annoying West Coast clubs. But yeah, look, in terms to answer your question, Michael, I think that look, we've got all the players where, um, that we need, I think, for a, a promotion push. I think that with if we win our two games in hand, I'll be better placed to to answer you about how I feel. I, if we could improve our keep improving our away form, I'd, I'd feel more confident that um, we could sneak a playoff place. But I, I've got a sneaky suspicion we're going to miss out just just because it's it's his luck. No, I I stake my reputation that we're a top four team. There we go. That's fine. Uh, like I'll, I'll happily sit here in probably what feels like another eighteen games time, and say, "Look, well, if 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 we make the playoffs, I'll doff my cap to you, sir, and admit that I was wrong." But, um, but I've, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just years of watching Scotland and East Five that really brings out the best, yeah. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. If, if we do happen to do this extra four games after the 18 and then the playoffs, I mean, you've got absolutely no chance to get through the playoffs. Whoever's second bottom in the championship is just is laughing because that, you know, that's going to be, it'll be, it could be comical actually how knackered the players will be by then because I think that four game thing at the end is like intense over like eight days or something again. Oh, and then you've really? got the playoffs. Then you've got the playoffs straight at the back of them. So, yeah, I mean, but just, you know, it, it'd be nice for us to make that next step in progression to at least get the playoffs. And I, I disagree with you, Lee. I think we will. Best case scenario, all the teams can't complete their 18 games. The, the season gets called after 18. We're in the top four. We get in the playoffs. We've got a little bit of a break to recover. I think that might actually be best. Absolutely. Yeah, take that. Hmm. The Rave Rovers approach. Promotion <laughs> D and fault. Two yes. of the greatest words in the English language. <laughs> I will take an asterisk beside our name. I've been slagging off like our good friend Jonathan. I, every time he posts anything about Rovers on his Facebook, I always do asterisk. I'll, I'll take an asterisk for this year. It's like totally yeah. fine with that. Now, if anyone's wondering what we're going to be doing coverage-wise for this, we're not doing post-game shows for every single game because we'll, we're going to be worn out. And apart from anything else, a lot of them are midweek and I'm going to be working. So I might not even be able to watch some of the stuff live. Well, kind of have to see how that plays out. So we're going to just keep a weekly thing, but we'll kind of review the two or three games or, or whatever or, on a weekly basis. Probably put our interviews on hold now until the end of the season, but we've got a, a few interesting ones that we hopefully will have lined up over the summer. But let us know what, what you want to see. That's pretty much it for tonight's show. But I have to finish with a, a wavelength by a Fife band, and it's a song about Scottish football. Now, Doug, you're obviously involved in the, the music scene here. Have you heard of the band Rudebeard? Um, yes, but I think that's possibly because did, 
I think someone had put it up on one of the social media things, maybe, and I'd I'd had a listen. I'd, I'd not, I don't know of them now. The, one of the guys from the band Rude Beard used to be in a Glenrothes punk band, the New Town Grunts, and we've played one of their songs before on Wavelength. But they had another football song called Topokes and Tragedies that he had written about Scotland's failure to, to qualify for like just World Cups, Euros or, or whatever. And that was written many, many years ago. So he's dusted it down with his new band Rude Beard, updated it, Tying in with Scotland getting to Euro 2020 stroke 21. So we'll just finish with a little bit of fun. This is Rude Beard and their song, Topokes and Tragedies. So long for this, 20 years and more. Your hearts were on your jerseys as the paper marched you out into the fold. For a shot of glory, our chances stand or fall. We never stopped believing, we suffered with you, we kicked every ball. Their grades a long way from home. From the cities and the times where you were born. Yet God just what it is And you know that we'll follow you evermore Go and fight for your flag On the hallowed turf at Hampton To get with you to Wembley oh, yeah. From the fort to the Clydeside You shall return the hill You're in our hearts and you'll never roll alone On that November evening you were the stuff of dreams You fought them hard and well Way fire the like we have never seen You'll be remembered like those before have been Like King Kenny before you Jim McFadden, Dave Neary and Chuck Steve Bell made a long way from home From the cities and the times where you were born Your bravery got just what it deserved and you know that we'll follow you evermore When you fought for your flag From the plains of all the Spaniard To the mountains of Mexico From the fort to the Clayson You shall return a hill You're in our hearts and you'll never roam alone
Root Beer Dare, Toe Pokes and Tragedies, released on March 25th. You can get that on Spotify and all your usual places. Support local music, support local football, support East Fife. But that is it for this week's show. We'll just go round everyone to say goodbye. If you've any last words and if you want to tell anyone where they can find you online, starting with Doug. Any last words sounds a bit ominous. <laughs> um, nah, you know, you know me, Facebook, and that's about it, really. Um, but again, please don't contact me. <laughs> Gordon. Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter. I think I think I'm called Gordon H1938 these days. Um, so yeah. Yeah, because you you changed from your your Russian troll account. I did. I thought it was, it was about time. It was yeah. About time. Although, funnily enough, I I was telling Lee about this. One of the weird things, I've been talking about this on my show here, that I got into during the pandemic was Russian music. So I've got into a lot of Russian bands, Moscow Death Brigade, DLB, Russian Village Boys, Ploho. Um, So I've been following lots of them on Twitter, getting some interesting direct messages from Russian ladies. Not sure if they're real or not. Ploho are very good, if anyone's... I'm totally talking, no, I'm lying, sorry. Oh, they're a nice, like, uh, indie guitar band. Sure. DLB are a hard bass techno band, if you like that. And Moscow Death Brigade are just punk rap. I have varied... On, um, I'm Lee Gillis. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> at Lee1903. Um, huge thank you to John Scott Neal, who sponsored today's show. Um, so thanks, as always, for your continued support. You're probably our biggest fan, so thank you so much for that. I'm Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, AFTN website as well. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.co.uk for the East Fife content, AFTN.ca for the North American content. We will be back soon, talking about the big game next weekend against Cove Rangers. Can we make it another win? It's a home game, I'm confident. If we get something out of this, it's going to be fantastic. In fact, let's, before we go, let's just get a quick prediction for that game, actually, from everyone. So, Doug, Cove next week, what do you think? Um, yeah, a little step up in opposition, but I am very confident, and we're at home, I'm going to go the same scores today. 3-1 to the fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite confident as well. Um, we still, I mean, we still 100% home. We won every home game. No, we drew. No, we, we drew against Montrose. No, I think um, we're on good form. Um, Cove, yeah, they're better than Clyde, but so is everyone. Um, I think one <laughs> us. I can't argue with the league table, Lee. It's like, so what's your prediction? 1-0. <laughs> uh, Wow, you've gone really pessimistic in this break. You were Mr. Optimistic before the break. It's not pessimistic. It's realistic. Um, (laughs) I I went up to to Cove um, and watched that game and we were awful in it. Um, Yes. And um, I got more than his five points when I got my three points from speeding. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go for one all. Um, I'm going to go for one all. Um, and I'm going to go for Nathan Austin to add his talent next week. Yeah, I'm going to go for a fast goal as well, but I'm going for a 2-1 victory, but a very tight game. I think it's going to go down to the last 10 minutes, then we're going to get the business done. It's going to be a good test for us. It's going to see exactly where we are. A, a win really puts us in a strong position for the for the playoffs, you've got to say. 
We'll be back talking about that next week. Until then, thanks for listening as always. Take care and mourn the fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. <laughs>